Simple Life Together, Episode 7, Organizing Tips from a Toddler and Life Lessons from the Playground. Hi, and welcome to Simple Life Together, a podcast dedicated to leading a simpler life in the modern world. I'm Dan Hayes. And I'm Vanessa Hayes. Welcome back to Simple Life Together. On the last show, we talked about going paperless and making the most of a small living space. This week, we're talking about organizing tips from a toddler. A toddler? Yeah, a toddler. And a few life lessons from the playground. Well, once again, we got some great listener feedback, and we'll get to that a little bit later in the show. So we're going to hop right into the topic segment today. So, Vanessa, why don't you go and introduce the first topic? So... Dan and I have a five-year-old daughter, and right now she's totally into little dolls, princesses, Legos, and any other toy that comes in a million little pieces. Which I love, lots of little pieces. Oh, yeah. I mean, she's got little game cards. She has just little, just anything little that she can play with and pour into bowls or other boxes and bins. I mean, they're just little pieces everywhere. Anyhow, what I was doing is, just recently I was cleaning her room and editing out her stuff, because I do this about every two to three months. Like every month, really. <laughs> okay. Really? Maybe Seriously, a little obsessive. every month. It really, I guess it is. Well, because she gets all those little toys. Like, at school, she, she gets to go to the treasure box once a week if yeah. she does well for the... So she's bringing home little things or whatnot, and I just got to get rid of it. Yeah. I got to kind of maintain the peace and the order. So I do make a habit of doing it probably about every month. But as I was doing this just um, the other day, I realized that we miraculously, miraculously had every toy and the yeah. pieces to it. You know, the different, the bingo games, the dominoes, you know, these different you know, Candyland games. I mean, all these different pieces, we actually had most of the items. Yeah, we, last night we were playing uh, alphabet bingo and we were missing one card. And so I was laying out all the letters on the, you know, the big like master card and, um, and we were missing one of them, and then she says, I think I know where it is. And she ran into her room, and she came out, and it was the letter N. She really, oh, she found it. She found it right She's away. She's good. I mean, that, 30 seconds. That girl's good, let me tell you. <laughs> it's for my training. I have to admit, it's my uh, training. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, of course, we don't find every single piece, but because inevitably you're going to find one in the couch cushions when you're vacuuming, or yeah. I've found stuff in the plants. Because she's playing dolls or something. It's kind of funny, actually, because she's pretty imaginative. But anyhow, I remember having this realization even when she was younger, which actually inspired me to write a blog post on my Get Simplifies blog. I realized that the things I was teaching my daughter to help her get organized and keep track of her things are things that could easily be taught to adults. And maybe even me. <laughs> I'm still working on you. <laughs> but these are things that kind of helped. The things that I was teaching my daughter are also things to teach adults to help them get and stay organized. And so I thought I would go through these lessons that I taught my daughter and discuss how we as adults could learn the same things. Cool. So the first thing I want to say is that, you know, the first thing I taught my daughter is to limit the number of toys that she's playing with or, or working on. And for adults, I would say limit the number of projects or things that you're working on to just yeah. a few things at a time. Um, or, and when I say a time, I don't mean at this exact time you're working, you know, doing three or four things because I don't believe in multitasking. But just last week or a couple weeks ago, you know, I had this big list of things of my to dos and my big projects, and I was getting stressed out about it. And Dan's like, well, let's look at that list. Do you remember this? It was yeah, on the glass yeah, we, yeah, we talked about it a couple episodes oh. ago. Yeah. When, what did you have on there? Build the dream home or something like yeah. that? I was like, well, okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah. That's not- we'll leave that on the whiteboard. 
<laughs> so it was just, you know, a lot of it was just kind of self-imposed, but he was like, let's just eliminate some of this stuff. It's not a priority. Put it on your to-do list in Evernote or something, right? you know, but as far as your priorities, let's just kind of reprioritize and only focus on two or three things at this time, your biggest projects or the things that you can handle right now. The big rocks that Stephen Covey calls it, There right? you go, yeah. Yep. So, so I do the same thing with my daughter. Um, you know, I just let her have just a couple toys at a time um, because the problem is, is that when you have too much going on, it's hard to focus. And then the cleanup, the cleanup is the worst. <laughs> yeah, it is hard to focus, isn't it? I mean, you yeah. get... Um, you know, especially if a project has lots of different, you know, either tools to use or uh, there's just a lot of moving pieces to it. Mm-hmm. And then then they all kind of are ha- out there hanging until you until you knock out the projects one by one. Right. And it's just it can just get really frustrating and it's just a big mess. And again, it's hard to concentrate or stay focused on that one project. So I just recommend a couple things at a time. So number one is limit the number of toys or projects that you are playing with or working on at one time. Right. Okay. So like I said, we're going to talk about kid rules and also how you yeah. can apply those rules um, as adults. Now I was talking about cleaning up after yourself because if you have too much out, it's hard to clean up. And that's the second thing is clean up after yourself, after your projects. Yeah, that's important. <laughs> how important is it, Dan? <laughs> well, I know you're probably going to mention my tools. Yeah, but uh, Dan we'll get is, to that. <laughs> he's an amazing do-it-yourselfer, but what he struggles with, and he's awesome at planning, and he'll think five, six, seven steps ahead. I mean, he plans the entire project out and thinks of almost every single contingency that can happen, but he gets going, and he puts so much effort and so much thought into it that when he's done, he is just done. Yeah, I'm ex- I get exhausted. And cleanup is not part of the, the project. It, that's just not part of it. And so he just, sometimes it'll stay for... I think the most was like a month. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I'm not going to touch <laughs> well, it. I'm not going to touch it. But <laughs> you know, yeah, and and I don't blame you because uh, I I do get touchy about when when somebody else is putting my tools somewhere. <laughs> you know, that doesn't sound right. But you know, I I like them to go back to where I need them for when I need them right. next time. And part of it is that planning when you do the that task, like when I built our office, that was the hottest summer in history mm-hmm. in San Antonio. But that's the time that I had to do it. And so you're right. At the end of the day, I would just be smoking. So I'm, I'm giving out excuses here, and I know that. <laughs> uh, we all have our excuses, but I certainly know it's something I need to work on. Right. You know, and actually, it's just, I, I teach this to my clients all the time, and I say that, you know, okay, if part of, as part of your routines, which we're, we're also going to talk about that again, um, and we've talked about it in another podcast, but part of, of your projects, you need to, or in your routines, you need to incorporate cleanup as part of that project. Yeah. It's not just, you know, meal planning is one thing, dinner time and cooking your, you know, the routine of, of, of dinner and prepping it and setting the table and serving. It also includes the cleanup part. It's just like doing laundry. You know, you have a day, you know, set days to do the laundry, but part of that is folding and right. putting them away. You don't just stop at leaving it in the dryer. And once it's dry, you leave it in the dryer. You still got to fold them and put them away. That's how you're going to maintain, you know, control the clutter in your home. Yeah. And you know, the funny thing is when, like you said, I do do a lot of DIY projects and I was trained in school. You know, I did a lot of like wood shop, metal shop classes. And my teacher said, I absolutely had a fantastic career ahead of me in like making clay ashtrays. But, um, <laughs> But that was part of the that was part of the time. The last like seven or eight minutes was the cleanup time, and but it was also you know you worked for fifty minutes, you cleaned up for seven minutes, and then you had three minutes of out briefing before that bell rang for the next class. When you're working on projects on your own, you kind of have the whole day, and so 
Right. It's you not forget a structured. The, forget the plan that. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm just, you know, I just suggest, you know, allow for a little bit of structure in there because yeah. it's going to maintain your sanity. Because the last thing you're going to want is if you're working on different projects, whether you're working on a craft project, you're working on a baking project, maybe you're working on a DIY project, whatever the case may be, if you have all that, you're working on all that at once and then you fail to clean up you're too tired, well, then the next project comes around. You don't clean up after that. The next project comes around. And before you know it, everything in the house is a mess. And you're going to be totally discouraged on cleaning up. And you're going to get frustrated. And then when it does come time to clean up, now it's this huge event. It's going to be an all-day event. This happens with my daughter. You know, I try to designate, you know, tell her to have only just a couple of toys out at a time and not to have too much because cleanup becomes a pain. Yeah, you're right. And I know it's not because I don't like the, the mess, which is true. I really don't care for the mess, but it's because I don't care for the drama I'm going to get when I ask her to clean up because then it was it's easy to have all that stuff out and all those things and playing, playing, playing. Yeah. But when it comes time to clean up before nap time or bedtime, it's this big ordeal and it's just drama yeah. that I don't want and she doesn't need. And so we just kind of kind of control that a little bit. It's going to make your life easier for you and your child. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny too. You know, I, I know it's a, a, weak, a weak point of mine for DIY stuff and I have the crutch of being able to keep that stuff out and in the garage. But mm-hmm. when it's inside the house, like dishes in the sink, you know, I'm a freak about that. Oh, yeah. I cannot yeah. stand to have dirty dishes in the sink. <laughs> I can't stand to have clean dishes in the uh, the other side of the sink. Yeah, because why not put it away in the dishwasher, right. touch it once? Yeah. Why why put it in the you know on the counter or then in the sink and and then into the dishwasher when you can just easily just rinse it and put it in the dishwasher? Right? right. Yeah, but I use that for DIY stuff. I use that um, that crutch of having it hidden out in the garage where you don't have to constantly <laughs> deal with it. Right. So so that was the second thing is to clean up after yourself. The third thing is to designate a spot for everything. Now, my daughter, she knows exactly where her toys go, and boy, will she let you know if it's out of place. Yes, she will. <laughs> Even at school, because I kind of modeled this after a preschool or a kindergarten classroom. They they have zones throughout the, the classroom, and, and you know, like they have the reading zone, they have the craft zone, they have their seating areas, they know exactly where everything goes, and then have their toys in certain spots. Well, I try to do the same thing in my daughter's room. You know, she has her books in one area, she's got her cubbies with all her toys in another, we have her clothes in another, and she knows exactly where things are. And just the other day when I was picking her up from school, we were walking to her classroom to get her bag, and she noticed that there was like a big Lego on the floor. She's like, oh, somebody forgot to put this in the right spot. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, was, of course, I was proud of her, but but that's when you know when you have a place for things, it just makes it easier for cleanup. And the thing about having a place for everything and everything in its place is that it really alleviates the frustration of when you need to find something, you can find it when you need it without wasting time trying yeah. to find it. I think it's very empowering for children too when they know where things go. And they know where to find it. They're not frustrated. I mean, have you yeah, ever seen a child? they're very comfortable, They're too. very comfortable. You know, when I it, just last night, again, I was like, okay, Jordan, it's time to play a game. Go get your bingo game. And I forgot, we did something else. She went into a room right away. And she knew exactly what to get, where to find it. And then when it was time to clean up, I said, okay, put that back in the game cubby. Put this one, you know, your other toys back in the other cubby. And she was set. And there's no frustration with that, trying yeah. to find the game or get to it or whatever. And so... The same applies for adults, too. Yeah. Now, I think this was part of one on, on the organizing side of the house with, at one of the meetings that I spoke at at yours was, mm-hmm. doesn't the average person spend like 55 minutes a day looking for things? Yes, yes. You'll see that a lot. A lot of organizers quote that a lot because there's been a lot of statistics and you know things that have talked about that we waste so much time trying to find things from the internet to files to just things in your house, like your keys, your sunglasses, your wallet. Yeah. You know, you add all that up in the day, what you're looking for, we, we average 
almost an hour a day Isn't of that wasted sad? time. Yeah, it is because I could yeah. use that hour. <laughs> well, uh, we're, I think we're pretty good about um, we are putting keys, you know, key, keys, wallets, other things like that go right into the cubby, and and I know exactly where it is. Well, I can tell you with confidence that in our home. I would say probably nine out of ten times when we're looking for something, I know exactly where it yep. is. We do have some <laughs> spaces up in the attic maybe or some boxes out in the garage, and I'm not quite sure all the contents that are in there. But for the most part, I can find things probably within a minute. Yeah. That's, that's very that's awesome. It is. It's, I feel great because I feel like, okay, I know where it is. And most of those systems, my family knows too. Not all of them, yeah. but, um, but it helps the family too try to find their things. Well, I so. know for me, it's only ever two steps to find something. Either I know exactly where it is. <laughs> I know what you're going to say. Or I ask you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> that's it. Two steps. I'm two your steps crutch. Away. Can yeah. we feel safe? Um, yeah, yeah. It's all good. <laughs> I'll be your crutch. So the, second, the, the third one is designate a spot for everything. What's the fourth one? Uh, make cleanup easy. And I just got a few tips for this. Using open containers to store things is huge in having your kids clean up after themselves. It's much easier to toss an item in a basket or a bin than having to lift a lid. And you probably know this if, you have got, if you've got kids and you've tried to use a big toy bin and yeah. it, has, it has a lid on it, things just will get piled on top of that. Isn't that funny? You know? But if it's an open bin, it's much easier to sort through and find. Now, don't get a big, huge bin where it's just going to be, everything's going to get lost at the bottom. Uh, you kind of want reasonable size bins. But you can use bins even as an adult in different areas of your home. You can use open bins and drawers to control utensils, those drunk drawer items, or even your clothes. I use bins on shelves to put things like hats and gloves away, things like that, in the closet. I even use open bins a lot in the pantry to store things like snacks, chips, oatmeal packets. Yeah, all that and, stuff that we have in there is in bins. Yeah. You had a great video on, on that, too, on... Uh, on my YouTube channel? Yeah, the fundamentals of organizing and where you talk about, uh, you use the pantry and you talk about using containers. Yes. We should put a link in the show notes to that one. Yeah, I've got a couple of great videos on that. I've got one about containers, Yeah, the one about how we use the pantry to store different, how to zone and, right. and organize. It's probably so. a fine line, though, that you see when you're working with clients that some some might use a container with a lid to, to really just hide clutter as opposed to contain and oh, organize yeah. things. You know what? That's that's a good point. I mean, but there is there is occasion where you're going to need something that is lidded yeah. and stackable and whatnot. But when it comes to cleaning up things easily for you, whether it's in the kitchen or in your kid's toy room or wherever, um, sometimes in the bathroom, it's just easier to kind of toss things into a, into a bin. Like, for example, yeah. let's say you're the drawer, like my, my drawer in the bathroom. If I just tossed all my makeup and things in there, it would just be a complete mess. But I have little bins in there. One for the foundation, one for the eyeliner, one for the lipstick, and it just makes things so much easier. Makes cleanup easier, yeah. And finding it even better, you know. Yeah. So, well, it's you know, it's funny with um, since we both do have a military background. You think of any any job or any profession where speed and accuracy mm-hmm. is is important. You have they teach you the uh, those things about uh, attention to detail, the ability to follow simple instructions, things to be neat and and in an organized design. Like we had. Wall lockers, foot lockers. Think of a fireman. You know, the bell rings in the middle uh-huh. of the night. They slide. I don't even know if they slide down poles anymore. But <laughs> I mean, that's what you think of. They slide down the pole, and, and and all their stuff is right there, organized. They know exactly where it is, and it just because makes the it efficient. Yeah, exactly. Just 
took the words out of my mouth. Yeah. The end state is just, it's efficient. It's an yeah. efficient system. It makes sense. It's quick and it's fast. Right. Love it. Oh, the other thing too I wanted to mention as far as making cleanup easy, and this is just one tip. There's all kinds of tips, but I'm just going to, for brevity's sake, I'm going to just mention a couple things. Containers is huge, but also use hooks. Hooks are great, especially for children. They're great to hang up backpacks and their, their coats and things like that. But, um, but for adults too, hooks are great. You know, you can hang up purses, belts, backpacks, coats, mops and brooms, things like that. So, so just make cleanup a lot easier than just kind of shoving stuff into a yeah. corner. Or I had a buddy Paul Henry used to say all the time, "I need a hook." <laughs> I think that, I he think did it's all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I think he meant something different. Paul Henry, it's not the time or the place. <laughs> I need a hook. <laughs> okay, so that was number four: make cleanup easy. Yep. Number five is create rules and routines. Okay, we've heard this one before. But yes, we dedicated half a podcast to it. Yeah. It was a topic that I went into a little bit of detail on. When it comes to organizing, you know, I harp on this a lot with my clients, is that routines helps establish expectations so that you and your other family members know who, what, when, yeah. and why certain tasks need to be done and how. And when knowing what is expected, it prevents you from wasting time and duplicating effort and trying to figure out who does what, which cuts down on the bickering as well. Yeah. You know, so routines are huge. I harp on that all the time. Uh, just like in the military when we had SOPs for, yes. for things yeah. or, or uh, immediate action drills for ground combat skills, all that stuff. It was. It just leaves it out all, out, of the, yeah. all the confusion. Yeah. It it's, cuts out communication, cuts out confusion. It cuts out errors. Yep. You know, it just, things get done when they need to get done. And again, it's that efficiency yep. in mind. So, you know, the more you stick to a routine, the sooner that routine will become second nature and the easier it will be to maintain it. So, yeah. Well, you have some of those posts. We'll put links to the, yes. to those in the show notes as well. Yeah. I've got a list. A lot of links in this one. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of link live. <laughs> it's just, I've got tons of information out there and of course i'm just kind of highlighting a few things but yeah i've got a we'll do a link to the routines and list different types of routines that you can implement in the house to help you and your family out cool and let's see the next one is limit the amount of stuff you own and it's pretty simple the less stuff you have the less you have to clean and maintain which is kind of what dana and i we talk about probably every episode basically yeah. <laughs> this this you know living a simpler life is to have less stuff you know, and this idea that less is more, more time to focus on other things instead of having to clean and maintain all the junk and stuff in your life. So what I do, like with my child, is that I limit the amount of clothes and toys that she has. And I do this by editing and purging often, once a month, like Dan had yeah. pointed out. <laughs> no, you know, honestly, I mean, I know you do it deliberately once a month or so, mm-hmm. but it really is something that you do all the time. Yeah, it you just know? comes I mean, natural once natural. you start... It's a habit. and It is. You know, it's yep. like when we talked about rules and routines and what you're talking about now on, on paring stuff down, it does become a habit after a while. Yep. You know, it, it's not instantaneous. Exactly. But, but no new habit is, really. You, it takes a little... Like I need... I'm, I'm trying to do this, um, the slow-carb diet, mm-hmm. Tim Ferriss' slow-carb diet from uh, 4-Hour Body that came out last year. And so trying to consume 30 grams of protein within the first 30 minutes when I wake up. So day one, day one, I totally forgot. I totally, I went <laughs> through my natural yet. routine. So last night I'd put a sticky note on the, cause the first thing I do is I, I, I hit the coffee maker, hit the on button. Well, I covered the on button with a sticky note that said, uh, 
uh, shake it, yo. <laughs> that's, that's <all> it. <laughs> so I had these like protein shakes that are already in the in the ref- front of the refrigerator. I was wondering what the heck that sticky note was for. I was like, shake it, yo. Shake it, yo. I, yep. What do I have to shake? That <laughs> <laughs> oh no, was for me. Okay. So, so yeah, first thing this morning, I saw my shake it, yo sticker and then i knew to go to get my uh protein shake out of the out of the refrigerator that it was already ready it was there on the front shelf so i made it easy that's cool but i'm gonna have to do that until i get into that habit you're right well you know again habits there's there are different facets of organizing you know it's one is you know you want to edit out your stuff and then you want to figure out good organizing systems but the other part is the is the maintenance and part of that maintenance is developing those habits and those routines yeah. and so it's just it's huge but as far as limiting the amount of stuff you own this is another kind of habit i guess that i have is that i try and the keyword is try because i'm not perfect is that i try to limit my impulse buying it's hard when you see that you know a cute toy that you just know that your daughter would love or you know your child would love or whatever but I, I really do try to limit my impulse buying, and I try to shop with a purpose. Like, I know exactly what I'm going into the store for. I don't need to wander around. And honestly, I don't do this very much anymore because my time is limited. Right. I don't want to waste my time shopping anymore. Yeah. I used to love it, and now I, I really don't care for it. So, you know, shop with a purpose. And before I shop, or before Dan and I try you know, make a big purchase, we, we do a couple things. We ask ourselves some questions. You know, do I really need it? Do we really need it? Do we have something else that can that is performing the same function? Do we really need something new? Um, where is this item going to go? Whether it's clothes or some dishware, where is that going to go? And what do you have to move in order or get rid of in order to make this new item fit in your life? Yeah. And so once you start kind of thinking about that stuff, you're going to start really limiting the amount of things that you own. And I've got another tip, but I'm going to save it for my thing segment. Okay. Okay. Um, but th- that this really is a tough one, uh, the impulse buying. Yeah. Because we're so conditioned. And uh, I remember when we le- lived overseas, I mean, you've lived overseas, we lived overseas separately, but, but when you live overseas and you go to to get something you bought it then and there because if you didn't it was probably going to be gone when you came back right yeah you know this is for things that were like when we lived on a base or something like that right and so you know you boom you get it right then and there i man i've been reading a lot of these blogs about uh buy nothing new for a year you know all of the i mean (laughs) it sounds awesome it does sound awesome very very you'd be very very disciplined yeah big respect for those folks I think I lasted a month one time without buying a single thing. Yeah. Besides groceries, of course. And but, it's got to be tough around the holidays oh, for, it's, for yeah. gifts. But I'm sure you find very innovative and creative ways to to live like that. I think we should try that challenge sometime. I know I need to personally try yeah, it. Just like, not, not around my birthday, yo. <laughs> <laughs> I want, I want Wait, you're giving new. up your nah, birthday to nah, a charity, charity water. water yeah. So yeah. am I. Awesome. So, but I think that's something that, but I would recommend for us is let's do it baby steps. Let's try a month yeah. and then we go, okay, the next challenge is can we not buy anything for two months or let's try four months and then keep doubling it. I just think it would be an interesting experiment. Yeah. The last tip, the lesson that you can learn from a toddler is that to reward yourself. So now that you've kind of implemented all these different ways to help you get organized or ways to teach your children to get organized and help you, you really want to try to reward yourself too. Like for example, if my daughter wants a snack or to go outside and play, I make a deal with her and she'll get a treat and a treat could be extra playtime. It could be an extra story at nap time, or it could be a snack. I'm a sucker for the snacks and this works well. And it's all about being diplomatic with your children because it's much easier than telling them no or bossing them around. You know, of course, diplomacy can only go so far before, before, 
someone, usually the parent, has to take charge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they don't like to be bossed around. It's yeah. like it's like uh, Jordan said, uh, she's, we were talking about who's the boss and how she had to listen to her older brother, you know, and and who you know who's in charge of the house, and then who's in charge of this. And she said, well, I'm the boss of my bedroom, right? <laughs> It's like, yeah, you're the boss of your bedroom. Sure. <laughs> Until mommy gets in there. Yeah, look out. But you got to give them some ownership. She loved they that. Have to, yeah. She loved that she has some ownership in that and that whole process. So that's good yeah. stuff. So anyway, you can reward yourself too. I use this tool daily to help me keep on track of important tasks. Well, usually keep me on track of important <laughs> tasks. You know, sure, I'd like to go, um, you know, I'd like to read a really cool book or to go for a run. Um, my preference is to do a five or six mile run, but I can't do that every day. Yeah, that's the, a great reward. Yeah, <laughs> psycho. <laughs> but I love that. I just feel so energized and I feel like I just accomplished this big thing. But I have to tackle my to-do items first. And I only pick about three, sometimes five, but three things that I really want to get done. Uh, it's a great productivity tip. But um, but you know, you can do the same for yourself. Just you know, focus on those priorities and then reward yourself when you get things done or, you know, when you've tried to implement a new habit and you're stuck with it, think about ways that you can motivate yourself. And usually that's some kind of a reward to yourself. Yeah. So. It's all about, um, sometimes getting big tests done is all about little victories on the way. All right. So let me recap real quick. Okay. So the first thing is to limit the number of toys or projects for the adults that you are playing with or working on. You want to clean up after yourself, make this a matter of a part of your routines and your daily habits of whenever you're working on a project or whatever the routine is, make cleanup part of that process. The third thing is designate a spot for everything. Create homes for everything. The fourth one is make cleanup easy. And I talked about containers and hooks and things like that. That really helps. The fifth thing is to create rules and routines. Again, routines are great because it's going to help you pick up a great habit faster. And it's going to make cleanup and staying organized a lot easier. The sixth thing is to limit the amount of stuff that you own. And the seventh thing is to reward yourself. So, Those are great tips. So so lessons for a toddler and lessons for adults. Yeah. So that's my topic. Let's talk about yours, Dan. What you got for us today? Okay, so I'm going to piggyback on a topic that I first addressed back in episode five as I talked about some of the rules or the, the laws of simplicity or the rules of simplicity. If you listen to that episode, you may recall one of the rules that I was talking about was uh, learning where knowledge makes everything simpler. And it kind of got me thinking about life lessons. I think that sometimes as we go through life, we make things harder when we fail to capitalize on things we've already learned. And you've heard me say a million times that lessons learned Mm -hmm. usually aren't. Right. But a lot of the life lessons that we learned as young children happened on the playground. And that made me wonder what lessons our kids are learning as they grow in today's fast-paced and media-inundated and video-gaming society. Not, not that I'm bashing that. I just mm-hmm. um, I know it's a we're in a different world, but I'm just kind of wondering. So it's really a couple of things that I'm that I'm looking at. So I'm going to go through a few lessons that are learned on the playground, or that I learned, or our generation and the generations before us learned that uh, that maybe we've forgotten along the way. And as I go through each one of them, I want you to ask yourself two things: Do I still use this lesson today? And how are my kids or kids that I'm close to? learning these lessons today in the modern world. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So the first one I want to talk about is the the seesaw or the teeter-totter. Um, you've all, we've, everybody's done one of those before, and right. you may call it something different where you're from. 
But uh, I remember the old school wood ones. So you get, yeah, you might get a sliver yeah. <laughs> or something yeah. every once in a while. Yeah. Well, you know, I think one of the things that, that teaches us is that as humans, things in our lives are very seldom uh, naturally what we'd consider in balance. And when we're kids, we learn this on the teeter totter. You you have to adjust when you're out of balance because the kid on the other end of the teeter totter is typically bigger or smaller than you. Mm-hmm. So you learn leverage. You know, you got to shimmy up or, you know, forward or backwards um, on the plank and you find out what the position is where it's just right and, right and you finally get your balance. And that's leverage. And we talked about leverage in episode four in Pareto's 80-20 rule, finding the 20% of causes that produce the 80% of the effects. And so, well, you know, that, that just got me thinking how one little thing that you do on the playground can really end up teaching you a big life lesson. Well, you know, I'm trying to relate to the questions you're asking. How do we do that as adults? And I think sometimes what you do is, because you're talking about balance with the seesaw, right. right? So I think sometimes, you know, we have these different facets of our life. And what we do is we end up focusing on one thing more than the other. Yep. Probably most of us, and probably even most of the listeners out there have probably done this, where they focus way too much on work. And not enough on their fitness or their family or whatever the most, you know, those important areas of their life are. And so I think when you start feeling like your life is spinning out of control or, you know, just your life is unbalanced, you just, you have to adjust. You got to shimmy up or back, shimmy up or back. back. Yeah, Yeah, that's cool. I don't know how it pertains to kids, though. I don't know how I would compare that to, to kids you know, leveraging things out today and trying to balance stuff out. Well, I think... Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> too many too healthy? They don't, they're not feeling good? And you kind of... I don't know. Well, I think it's it's really just a more a matter of, okay, that's where they that's where they learn that they, they have okay. to adjust things right. in order to be in balance. So they take something physical and are able to learn a lesson from that yeah. and then be able to apply that later on. Okay. So like as that. we go forward, maybe I'll give you a few hints on how it may be used today. Okay. Okay. I like it. So then there's something as simple as a swing. And as I thought about this, I was like, what do we learn on a swing? Well, swings teach us to take action. We start out being helped in and pushed by a parent or a big brother or a big sister, but soon we learn that we can do it ourselves. And it's not instantaneous. It takes a while. And if you've ever taught a child how to swing, you see all the different stages of learning that are going on. You know, they first get on and it's they're they're scared. They make you, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, they're holding on to the you know the chain or the ropes or whatever they are that's holding the swing. And uh, if you work with them, you see that they start to they start to get it, and they start to go from fear to try and doing it on their own. They go to from fear to uncoordination, and and then they get a little frustrated. Like when you're telling them, you're trying to tell them, to, okay, pull back right, with your right. arms, but then kick out your feet, and they don't get it. But when they do start to get it. And they understand some coordination of, of how to coordinate pumping their legs and the motion of their arms and how, how those things are, how they affect how well you can swing. Right. And then you see they get going and you see a little nervousness creep in and they get a little scared of their own abilities. They realize, <laughs> wow, I can do this without you, dad yeah. or mom. Right. You know, and, and as they get more confident, there's just like no stopping them. You know, and and and, mm-hmm. and we'd all be, I think, well served to remember that these stages as we try something new. These are all the learning stages that right. anytime we're doing something that we're a little uncomfortable with at first, we go through these stages. So they learn that you can either just sit there, <laughs> or you can take action and start coordinating your movements until your your movements and your actions become fluid and, like you said, routine. And then you feel the routines turn into a rhythm. Mm. And then you learn to use your momentum to your advantage. 
And then eventually, you know, they get the swinging too high or whatever. They yeah. realize that that momentum needs to be harnessed or else they can totally, totally lose control. Uh, you know, I think that's cool. And honestly, I would say that I think you and I are pretty good at acknowledging this when we try to do something new or adopt something new in our life. You know, whether it's a new lifestyle habit or mm-hmm. it's just I always am kind of cognizant of, OK, this is this is something new. It's kind of scary. I try to acknowledge that fear. Yeah. Um, but I just know that once you get moving, once you start practicing and getting used to it and get moving, you, you are going to get that momentum. You know, I know that we felt this when we started doing, when I started blogging even. Yeah. It was just, I was kind of nervous about it. You know, you just have all this fear. You just don't know what's going on. But then you can totally get into it. And once you get into the groove or even this podcast, you start yeah, getting into the groove. But then you can be ultra focused on it and you get too much momentum. And then you're going to, you got to kind of ease back. Let's let's take our time. Let's let's get stuff. Let's make sure that this is a smooth flowing operation. Right, right. Like like uh, when you go to the gym for a New Year's resolution, uh-huh. and you see everybody who's who's starting, you know, their fitness program on the second of January, and especially with guys, they'll go in there and they go to lift weights, and they do too much the first time, and yeah. then they're sore, and then they're frustrated, right. and then they quit. Yep. So, so. cool. Well, I like that. Yeah. And I think this is we can kind of relate this to kids. I know with our daughter, she gets frustrated when she tries something new mm-hmm. you know like for example we were playing a game and and i'm all about teaching her the rules and how to play and you win or lose based off of the rules right. you know i'm not about coddling um it's <laughs> yeah. just it's just i don't think that helps them um in life i do believe in playing fair and everything like that but but she was getting frustrated because she was she had lost you know, and I said, but that's okay, Jordan. We're just going to keep practicing and keep practicing. Right. <laughs> so, but when she was just, you know, or when she tries something else new, you know, whether it's learning how to ride a bike or skating, it's, she's really scared. Yeah. She's like, I don't know. I, you know, I don't even know if it's related to this topic, but when she wins at the game and you lose and you say, oh, you won. And she says, that's okay. You can win too. I was yeah. like, no, I can't. You won that one. And it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't crying. I wasn't upset. You, yeah. you legitimately won that. Yeah. My five-year-old beat me and that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but that's cool. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, all those things that you can get, lessons that are, I think the seed is kind of planted just right there in the playground. And, and swinging on the playground also teaches situational awareness. Not right. when you're doing the swinging. But when, like, you're the kid walking around other people who are doing it. What's <laughs> so the like, Frogger? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're looking for trouble. You're timing your actions. You right. know, you're running in between. I mean, anybody who's watched America's Funniest Home Videos, you know, it's pretty funny to see somebody get whacked by somebody on a swing. But but it's not fun for the person getting whacked, you know? Yeah, right. But uh, it's, it's definitely not fun. But so it teaches you situational awareness. Oh, cool. I like that lesson. Yeah. And so the next one I thought about was the monkey bars. And the big thing about monkey bars is that they teach us that in order to make progress in life, mm-hmm. in order to go forward on those monkey bars, you've got to let go. Oh, wow. that's You've got to yeah. let go of the bar you're on. Yeah. You can stay there and hang all you want. Right. But in order to reach your goal, you have to let go. And then sometimes you've got to stretch. And then when you get wow. really comfortable... Uh, you know, on monkey bars, sometimes you move, you move your hands, you go to the next rung, you go one hand, one, you know, and then the next hand to the same bar, yeah. one hand, one hand. But before you know it, you're swinging, doing like the old left, monkey swing, right, you know, and you're skipping left, a rung. Yeah, right. <laughs> and it's kind of like that in life too, you know, uh, you have to let go of the past, right. you have to be ready to leave the now, and you got to be able to reach for tomorrow and your goals. Yeah, and I think, on, you know, I think that we've experienced this when we've shifted our lifestyle into simplicity, we had to... Yeah, we had to let go of some old habits um, and even old dreams. 
you know, we had our dream of this dream home, but that wasn't in line with this uh, moving forward to a simpler life. And so we had to kind of let go of that. Right. Or stop riding the wave of your previous careers and successes. Yeah. You know, you just got to kind of let that go to move forward. You know, again, with, with our daughter, you know, I talked about how, you know, trying something new is kind of scary with rollerblading or bicycling. You know, she can only go so far hanging on to me. Yeah. If she wants to move forward and faster, she has to let go yeah. and to really have fun and, and, and experience it. She, she has to let go. And just recently, she finally did that. She's like, I got it, mommy. Check me out, you yeah. know? And so. Yeah, you're right. I mean, anybody who, like you said, with careers, you think of anybody who's super successful in one career, you reach a point where it's okay, well, I can't, I can't ride that any further. Yeah. Look, at, look at sports legends. You know, yeah. they get to a certain spot and it's like, okay, well, I've made it to the top of that ladder. Where do I go? Yeah. And obviously they have to have a new path. Now it's probably, in a lot of cases, that's related to the old sure. path. But in a lot of cases, it's not like us. You know, we, we took totally different career paths. Right. And you can't rely on the other stuff. It doesn't. It doesn't have any bearing on what you're doing now. Right. I mean, letting go of being an employee, you know, yeah. to being a business owner, and yeah. that's you know that's scary. But you go. You have to let go of that idea of that security to move on. The next one I thought about was the jungle gym, and I don't know what it would be called uh, somewhere else. But uh, it, you know, the thing you climb on top of. Some of them are dome shaped, and some of them are like towers. We call it a jungle gym. Mm-hmm. And when you're a kid. It doesn't matter what shape they are, but all of them can be a challenge at first. You know, it's kind of scary when you have to learn to climb on this thing right. and just to get to the top mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. enjoy the view. And just like on the playground, you have to be careful in life when you're climbing these new obstacles or these new careers. You know, you got to be careful of getting up there and not falling yourself. But you also don't want to crush somebody else's fingers as, as you're climbing to the top. Yeah, kind of like, uh, you know, when you're just trying to be successful or whatever, right. you know, don't burn bridges yep. on your way up. You know, I remember we were taught that a lot in our previous career. Like, don't burn bridges. Don't step on people's toes just so you can get on up top. It's just a bad game to play. Yeah. And I think, you know, honestly, I think the, the kids learn this too. And just like you were saying about Jordan with the whole game thing and yeah. how when I was losing – she was like, Mommy, it's okay. Just We'll just practice more. It's okay, Mom. You're doing yeah. a good job. We can keep practicing. <laughs> yeah. So she's like, let's, kind of, let's do this together, you know? And yeah. it was just kind of funny. But she, she didn't want to, just because she was winning and getting ahead, she didn't want to hurt me in the, in the process of doing right. that. So that's kind of cool. It's that whole zero-sum game attitude, you yes. know, that, uh, that some people go through life. It's a zero-sum game, and it's, and it's not. It shouldn't be. Most things right. don't have to be that way. No. So, well, the next one I thought about was a merry-go-round. Oh. All right? And sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it's fun to get it going as fast as you can, running around, getting it spinning and spinning and spinning, and then you hop on. But just like in life, we're not meant to take that for too long. No. You know, you get sick. Yes, very sick, and, very dizzy, very nauseous. <laughs> yeah, and and getting off a merry-go-round is a lot like any other transition in life. It takes a while to get your bearings. Right. You ever just hop off of a, a merry-go-round and try to walk straight? It's yeah, not try, yeah happen. don't do it. It's not good. <laughs> so, I mean, it's fun to watch your friends do it. I ain't going to lie. But, uh, but it takes a while to get your bearings and to stabilize, and it's really easy to stumble at this point. Right. So, like transitioning into a new career. Exactly, or, a new know, career, or moving to a new home, yeah. or a new place, or... You know, just th- like us, this new lifestyle. New lifestyle. You know, yep. it's, we're trying to get our our bearings because it, it is a shift. It's a little bit different, and but yeah, I like that. I like that. And the next one I wanted to talk about really isn't a playground toy or whatever, but just like in life, sometimes on the playground you run into a bully or two, 
And bullies are just obstacles, and you need to learn how to get over it, around it, under it. In some cases, you know, as a last resort, you just got to plow right through it. (laughs) And no doubt we've all had to deal with bullies before. And the way we handle that challenge of dealing with a bully tends to stay with us for a long time. And I don't care who you are, male or female, it doesn't matter how you face those challenges as a young kid can stick with you for a long time. And Dan, you know, you're really good about that, especially with our, our children or especially with our teenage son. You know, he, and I'm just thinking on top of my head here, but recently he felt like he had kind of like a bully of a teacher. Yeah. It's like, I don't understand why I'm missing assignments or why I didn't understand the, understand the assignment. I didn't, I didn't think that was part of it or this and that. And it would just seem like, it seemed like she kind of just, not really had it out for him, but just wasn't really... In his eyes. Yeah, in his eyes, exactly. But Dan taught him to be diplomatic, and but he told him to face the problem head on. Just don't play the victim. You know, oh, well, it was me. He's like, but let's face the problem head on, but in a diplomatic way. And it turned out that it there was just a little bit of miscommunication, but with a little effort on our son's part, not necessarily, not at all kissing up to the teacher, but just saying, although I missed this assignment and I know I'm not going to get any credit for it, I still want to do it. I still want to do the work. And so at least I'm learning it. Right. Well, you grade it so I know where my mistakes are. Exactly. And so she still didn't give him credit for it, but that is in her head now. That at least he's going to make the effort. It's right. so that he it's, cared. Yeah. yeah, and so I think Dan's very good about teaching that to our children too. You know, just kind of face your problems head on, but you can do it in tactful, diplomatic ways right. as well. I think when Matt was ten, I uh, I gave him Dale Carnegie's mm-hmm. How to Win Friends, Friends and, and Influence people. people. It's one of my favorite books, and I think it's uh, that every human being should should read that book. Yeah. It just teaches you how to deal with people. And that's what we do in life. We deal with people. And hopefully he'll read it again soon. I go back and read it all the time. Yeah, it's a great reference. And uh, I think it's just learning how to deal with people helps you overcome the obstacles. You end up with a, you can win an awful lot of bullies over. Mm -hmm. So just in the way that you deal with them. That's a great observation. I like it. Okay. And the last one I came up with is the good old sandbox. Sometimes uh, it's fun to just get in, get dirty, dig, and create in a sandbox, you know? And especially when you can risk it all, you can just mess it all up and start all over again again without it costing anything. You know, you build a little sandcastle, it's not coming around the way you want it, you mess it up and boom, you start all over again. And that's the great thing about most simple things. They're inexpensive or free, or not all of them, but a lot of them are. And it gives you, oh, it's like your own little life laboratory (laughs) where you get to experiment on things and you get to make mistakes. So make mistakes on the free and cheap stuff so you don't make (laughs) them on the expensive stuff. Mm, I like that too. So the key takeaways I think here that I want people to walk away from this uh, are these. When you find things out of balance, leverage your skills by focusing on that 20% of effort that Pareto highlights. Don't forget to take action when action is necessary and learn to harness and capitalize on your momentum. Become more situationally aware by paying attention to your environment, looking for dangers as well as opportunities. Remember that sometimes you need to let go of the past and the now to reach where you're meant to be. Set your goals and move forward to meet them. Enjoy the climb to whatever you consider to be the top, and you need to define your own top. And be careful not to step on fingers and toes as you reach your goals. And I think that's just part of being a good person. Right. Prepare yourself for transitions and know that sometimes life's merry-go-round can throw you off your bearings a bit at times. (laughs) Know that there's going to be obstacles in life, but most often, challenges are just opportunities in disguise. 
And I certainly don't have all the answers, and I'm sure today's kids are learning these lessons somehow, but probably differently yeah. than we did. I, yeah. I don't think they spend as your average kid spends as much time on the playground as we did. And hopefully they're learning them as effortlessly as we learned them uh, when we were kids, you know? I mean, it was you really you took in a lot of these things without even knowing it. And I bet a lot of people who are listening to this are coming to the same realization that I did when I was thinking about them. You know, wow, I didn't really even realize I learned that from the playground, but <laughs> right. it's true. And I just hope the way kids learn today isn't too expensive, you know? <laughs> I mean, everything seems to cost something these yes. days, you know? And I can't ever remember being on the playground and hearing, dude, I can't wait till Monkey Bars 2 comes out, because that's going to be <laughs> awesome, you know? How do they learn their lessons? I mean, are they learning them from video games? Uh, or yeah. I hope they're out there still doing it. But sure there's um, a spirited debate out there about that stuff, but, yeah. but you're right. I don't yeah. remember getting, you know, welcome to the next level on the Jungle Gym either. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just not how it was. And, you know, the one thing that I considered, though, when I was, talk- when I was thinking about the bullies part, is that where I think we had it easier is my bullies lived in my neighborhood and had to face me sooner or later, sure. one way or another. Sure. They had to face me or my friends and right. my, my older brothers. Right. But but now bullies can be so cowardly and sometimes you know faceless and nameless. These cyber bullies that yeah, kids have a, to face. Yeah. You know? Nothing's a secret, and you know, at least you know. It could have been just been something between you and that bully, and right. or with a confined group of people. But now the whole world can know, even. Right. Like, and that's just that could be devastating to a young impressionable child. Yeah. But it- I'd like to think I'd like to think that that sometimes we don't give our current, you know, the the new generation enough credit. But I like to think that they are probably learning some of these life well, lessons and that's in what a I different th- way. That's what I thought. I, I think in the end, that's the conclusion that I came to myself. I think in the end, uh, our kids need a good mix of both. They need. They need some old playground lessons, and sure. they need some of the lessons that they're learning today on the internet and through sure. through social media and all that. And, and, and what they really need is the same things that we needed growing up. They need a good friend. Mm-hmm. They need uh, parents that are actively involved in their lives, coach, coaches, teachers, mentors, that, that tap into all the teachable moments that we face every day in life. Yeah. But I want to close with this, mm-hmm. that life is a playground, and the playground isn't nearly as much fun when you're by yourself. No. So, what makes it the most fun is enjoying the playground with others who you care about and who care about you. And so sometimes it's okay to have an, a little bit of alone time, but for the most part, life's playground is best when it's shared, just like your simple life together. Jeez, babe, that was awesome. I really like that. You just have an amazing way of putting things in perspective, like these life lessons, well, but relating it to a playground of all things. That's what I <laughs> That's what I think about at 4 o'clock in the morning after I read my shake it, yo. Shake it, yo. Sticky note. I really like that. That was that was great. Well, thank you. Well, I think it is time for the thing segment. The thing segment. Okay. So my thing relates to one of the things I talked about earlier in my topic, which was to limit the amount of stuff that you own. And one of the tools that I use, and I practice this religiously, is I call it the one-in, one-out rule. And it's basically when you allow something new into your home, you let out something old. So it just helps you maintain the even flow of things in and out of your house, and you maintain balance. And I know I probably have life's teeter totter. Life's teeter totter. Yeah, yeah. a little balance. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So I know I, I probably have talked about this in previous podcasts, but I really wanted to highlight this because recently, a matter of fact, just this morning, I had let go of a few things because I knew I got some new clothes for my daughter and I got some new toys for Christmas. And so I knew I needed to let go of some things in order to make room for the new. And I actually preached this to my daughter quite a bit. 
And um, our son's pretty easy because he doesn't really have a lot except for a lot of books. <laughs> yeah, he does. He's he has a-, a ton of books. Um, he's a collector of books. But everything else, he's pretty simple. You know, it's real basic. But I teach it to her. I said, okay, you know Christmas is coming up. That means we got to let go of some of the toys that you really don't care for anymore that are for little babies now. Let's let's give this to some, some children who don't have a lot of toys. Let's do that. And so teach them young. <laughs> yeah. But as adults, this works beautifully. And matter of fact, I saw this in a um, online on some... I think I had an alert come through my email talking about an article about clutter. Yeah. And one of the tools that someone else uses is not just the one in, one out. They call it the one in, two out rule. Wow. Hardcore. They are. I'm like, wow. Okay. So anyhow, I encourage you to practice this. When you go to purchase something new, whether it be a new shirt or a new kitchen gadget, try to let go of something old. Sounds good. So that's your thing. That's the thing. Now remember, the thing is something that affected us positively during the week. So Vanessa had her one in, one out thing. My thing this week is my big green egg. Ah, I, that affected me too. So this is uh, my thing. <laughs> yeah. If you don't know what one of those is, it's, um, it is a combination. It's awesome. It's a smoker, a roaster, a grill, a pizza oven, all in one. I do an awful lot of cooking on my big green egg. And I, I do, appreciate I, it. I do love it. We all love it. And it's good, simple food. And we actually have put a few meal pictures up on, on the simple foods category on the simplelifetogether.com. Uh-huh. And, uh, Don't so, you have other stuff? Have you done videos or no? You just I haven't done any blog. videos. Okay, yeah. just some of the blog posts. A few little, little blog posts, yeah. Very cool. It's kind of my version of Instagram, you know, take a picture of what we're eating. So what do we? How tonight? did we survive before we took pictures oh, of what we ate? I know, seriously, like so, everybody needs to see that. But, so, yeah. <laughs> but we're so, proud. What are you making today? As I as I am sitting here recording this, looking out the the door of our world shed quarters, <laughs> I'm seeing looking at the smoke billow out of my big green egg, and I am smoking an eight pound pork butt covered in bacon. I said it was simple, folks. I didn't say it was fat free. <laughs> but uh, and I'm also doing a, a tri tip roast. Last night, I heated up a ham uh, with a little bit of smoke and uh, cooked some sausage and roasted some uh, red, green peppers, serrano peppers and jalapenos and caramelized an onion. Oh, and I'm I, spoiled. I, I am so spoiled. I do. Yes, you are, girl. You are. <laughs> uh, I love my big green egg, and um, they're definitely a little bit pricey, but I, I don't know what I would do without it. And so that's my thing. I am so glad that's your thing. Doing a little bit of grilling and smoking today. <laughs> So we're going to be eating I, some pork butt tonight, huh? I put it on at 5.30 this morning. It should be ready uh, around 5, five, 5 o'clock tonight. Awesome. Yeah. Looking forward to yeah. it. <laughs> so that's it for the thing. So the next thing we'll talk about is feedback. And the first one we got was from Laura. And she uh, saw a pin on Pinterest and followed it to our SimpleLifeTogether.com website. And she said, enjoyed organizing and having less segment. Your dialogue was interesting and fun to listen to. I've been wanting to have a house of order for some time and keep looking for encouraging guidance to do so. So thanks, Laura. I appreciate that. Good. Glad Glad that was helpful. Yeah, glad we gave you a little encouragement. And Derek C. Olson from BeatnikBudget.com left us a voice message. So let's take a listen. Hey, Daniel and Vanessa. This is Derek C. Olson. I found your podcast over at 48days.net, Dan Miller's website. And I just love the episode where you talked about juicing. Uh, my wife and I also saw that movie, Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead, and that's why we started juicing. We bought a champion juicer, and we've been juicing for over a year now. And I just I just really liked hearing you guys talk about it and how much healthier you feel after uh, juicing. I feel much healthier myself. In fact, I used to have lower back pain, and after I started juicing, my lower back pain 
completely disappeared and it hasn't come back since. So I just want to encourage everyone out there to check out that movie, Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead, and to grab a juicer and start juicing. You'll love the way it tastes, and you'll love what it'll do for your health and for your mental ability also, for your mental health as well. I feel more, much more clear in the head after I've been juicing. So anyway, keep it up. I love the podcast, and uh, yeah, keep it up. Ah, thanks, Derek. Thanks. Good stuff. That's awesome. Yeah, we definitely like our uh, our juicing. We've been we started juicing just over a year ago yeah, as well. Yeah, just a little bit over a year and, ago. And um, and we still do it. We did, we have done a couple of juice fasts, and but now it's just kind of a regular part of our yeah weekly I, diet. I try to juice uh, do a juice fast once every quarter for about three to five days, and it's it's uh, awesome. It's challenging, but it's awesome. And uh, and then I try to juice throughout the week three times a week. So. I just had a juice yesterday yeah, and I, this know, morning. I, I have a, a few uh, posts over on my personal blog that I really don't maintain too much anymore. I might move some of those over here to simplelifetogether.com. That'd be great. In case anybody's interested in juicing stuff. Yeah. Okay, so that's it for Episode 7 of Simple Life Together. Today, I talked about lessons from a toddler on being organized, and Dan talked life lessons we learn on the playground. My thing was my one-in, one-out rule, and Dan's thing was his big green egg. And I got to tell you, that's one of my favorite things, too. <laughs> and Dan's got some mad grilling skills. Mad grilling skills, that's right. <laughs> yeah, so that'll do it for today. We hope something we said today inspires you to start simplifying your life, too. It's our pleasure to be able to share some ideas and some of our experiences as we journey toward a simpler life in the modern world. To make sure you don't miss an episode, the best thing that you can do is subscribe to the show. Of course, it's free. You just uh, search on iTunes for Simple Life Together, or you can go to simplelifetogether.com slash RSS and subscribe there as well. We'd love it if you took two minutes to review the show on iTunes. That's the best way for people to find us. In iTunes, you just search for simplelifetogether.com, click on the green Simple Life Together picture, scroll down to Customer Reviews, and in that area, you'll see uh, Write a Review. Just click on that, write your review, and hit Submit. Simple as that. Easy breezy. That really does help to get the word out, and uh, we really appreciate if you take the uh, less than two minutes to do that. Thanks very much. And remember, you can find all the show notes packed with links for every episode and more at SimpleLifeTogether.com. We also have additional blog posts and lots of information there that hasn't been on the show. We also have links to our Twitter and Google Plus profiles and other contact info there, too. You probably know someone who'd also enjoy the show, so take a few seconds and send them a link. And as always, we'd love some feedback, so be sure to leave comments below the show notes. Or if you have access to a computer with a microphone, you can go to simplelifetogether.com and click on the little microphone icon with the words send voicemail. There you can record us a message, comment, or question, and we'll talk about it on a future episode. Feel free to plug your show or your site in your message, and we'll help you get the word out. Of course, you could always just send us an email, too. You can find email links on the website and sidebar. Either way, we look forward to hearing from you. So until next time, we hope you enjoy your simple life together.